Hello. Hi, Congressman Joyce. It's Jackie Fox here. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How about yourself? I'm good, thank you. Can you hear me um, okay there over FaceTime audio? Yes, I can hear you fine. Brilliant. I can hear you uh, fine as well. I, I don't know where your ancestors in Ireland are from, but I can say Joyce is a good Galway name and that's where I'm from. Yeah, you got the net location. and Supposedly there's Joyce country over there. There's so, so many of them in one area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's in, in Galway County. So there you go. But listen, um, you, is there some racetrack right around there? Well, there's the Ballybrit race course in Galway, which is really famous. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, well, supposedly uh, my cousins had tracked down a, an uncle of my uh, ours, or I guess granduncle, uh, and family, and they were said they lived right across from the racetrack. So that could be it. That could be it. It could be <laughs> Ballybrit. You got to find out for us. Um, <laughs> well, listen. Thank you so much for joining us on States of Mind because I know it is a very, very busy time um, for yourself. So Congressman David Joyce from the Republican Party, you're currently serving as the representative for Ohio's 14th congressional district since 2013. Um, How are you finding this election cycle at the moment, especially with such a focus on the state and the future of American democracy? Well, you know, you you hear a lot. uh, First off, thank you for having me. But you hear a lot about that. But I got to tell you, as I will go cruise around my district and I've been to, around to other districts just to, uh, surrounding mine, people are more worried about inflation in the economy and, and making sure that their jobs are going to continue to exist. You know, they, they've been heard the, the, the problems that they're having with supply line issues. They've heard the problems that they've been having with inflation and, and whether or not they're going to be able to uh, continue to be borrow money at an affordable rate and if they get in a lull where they need help to get through to the next end. And I just think it's important for us uh, to focus on those and control our spending with the Republicans or should the Republicans take back the House. Mm, But should there be a concern there as well about the future of American democracy? Should people be worrying about that also? Uh, Absolutely. Um, uh, I I think it's very important that we we continue to focus on making government work. I'm not one of those who I believe that President Biden was elected on and I voted for uh, that day for uh, the votes to be counted Mm -hmm. through the Electoral College. And, you know, I voted for the first January 6th commission because I I believe that there should be a thorough review and everybody who's responsible be held accountable. And uh, those were crimes that were being committed uh, that day. And one thing that uh, the January 6th committee itself uh, unfortunately, morphed into something that became more political. And uh, while they've come up with a lot of information, I don't think people view it as seriously as if it would have been an independent commission, uh, free of all politicians, and down with the people who actually you know, could measure the situation with the appropriate uh, seriousness that it deserves. Because mm, with, with all the evidence that we've seen coming from that January 6th committee, has your opinion about Donald Trump changed? Because I know you voted no on the first and second impeachment of Donald Trump. Do you regret that second vote now after seeing all the evidence that has come from January 6th? Well, that's one of the reasons I voted no, is because I thought it was a rush to judgment at that point. I mean, as a former prosecutor, I believe that uh, you have to make a case Mm. and you don't just grasp at straws. And and certainly uh, there's been a strong case made 
that uh, you know what the, that he was certainly had an understanding that you know something was gone wrong that day and didn't step up to do anything about it. However, there also was a strong case to be made that uh, this was predictable and that there should have been uh, the National Guard and forces in place to protect the Capitol and never allow this to happen in the first place. And that's the part that really bothers me is that, you know, I, I was there as well as my 434 other members, colleagues, and, and you know, somebody knew ahead of time because I knew. I mean, I had friends who were working in uh, different jobs and uh, between House admin and other committees that they started telling me. I had to ask them, of course, what's going on. And the day before, one gentleman told me, he said, oh, yeah, they're getting all kinds of chatter on Four Chan and his other social media is about weapons and everything else, and I went right in and told my staff, "Don't come in tomorrow." Mm-hmm. We learned how to get by without it during the uh, COVID, and so certainly you didn't have to come in there. and And so I sat by myself in the office that day, as uh, and and you know, unfortunately, witnessed the horror that took place. But I do think everybody who's responsible should be held accountable, and if that falls on President Trump, then he should be held accountable too. Do you think that was you know that day, January sixth, you were there? Was that when things kind of came to a boiling point, especially as we have this conversation surrounding uh, American democracy? Well, you know, I I viewed it as a very sad day for democracy and a sad representation of our country. And I've been one who always said, you know, we're a nation of laws Mm -hmm. and we we need to stand up. And and the law says X. and, And, you know, that day we were doing X and these people thought somehow they're craziness that they were going to stop that you know i i I just think it was foolish and and unfortunately there were uh you get a lot of people who aren't well in this country and around the world who get led to uh do things they wouldn't normally do by somebody who might provoke them Mm. and that's the sad part but i think democracy as a whole is strong i think what we have to do is remember that we all let's share the one one nation one planet we all need to work together to better society for all of us and that no one here has more rights than anyone else. We're all the mm-hmm. same. And so uh, we breathe the same air, we, we pump the same blood, and we need to look around and, and start to see each other as uh, friends and countrymen once again. Congressman Joyce, do you think that is possible? Because we see a number of Republican candidates in these midterm elections cast doubt over the 2020 election results. We have Carrie Lake in Arizona, uh, Tim Michaels in Wisconsin, and even in your own state of Ohio, J.D. Vance, he once said, I think it's probably true that Trump won by a larger margin in Ohio. Um, I know you are not one of them, but are you concerned that if they were elected, that they would have the power to alter how future elections would look in the United States? No, uh, I, I don't believe that you know states uh, hold elections. I do believe that's a state's right. Mm-hmm. I do think the Secretary of State, certainly ours, Frank LaRose, has done a, a wonderful job in making sure that the, our uh, elections are fair and that they're uh, consistent. And you know, he scrubbed the voting rolls of people who had passed on or hadn't voted in a few years, and there was some uproar about that. But at the end of the day, Ohio had no issues. And I believe every other... You know, remember, we were in a COVID lockdown in 22. So you had secretaries of states or governors making decisions about the dates of election that weren't set in statute or weren't set by the state. They, they had to make those calls as they went along. I mean, our 
uh, primary election was due to be March 17th of 2020. And the governor kicked it for initially he was going to kick it for two months and then he kicked it to six weeks. But if you're a candidate running up against that deadline of March 17th and you're spending your last dollars because you think the race is going to be over tomorrow and it gets kicked for six weeks. That's rough because it's tough. You know, donors uh, get fatigued, and you can't. You don't have any more money to go. And if the other side didn't spend money, then they've still got money to come against you. And it just it created a lot of tension. I think as it was, but it was a pandemic. Remember, mm-hmm. and I think you know, twenty twenty was an aberration, and we're going to get back to twenty two and twenty four to having solidly run elections like we always have, and the, the dates will be consistent. And the anger of uh, lockdowns and pandemic won't be around to help uh, foist and germinate the, the, the meanness that took place during the 20 elections. So, so you think these 2020 election deniers, they won't carry that, uh, I suppose, that denial into future elections, even if they themselves lost a race or people that they would like to win a race lose a race? Well, they can carry it to their grave for all I care, but it's anybody who looks at it logically realizes that it's absurd. Mm. And that if you just do the math. It's their power, though, isn't it, Congressman Joyce? It's the power that they hold and the power that they have. Yeah, but, you know, the senator, uh, you know, like if Vance uh, goes on, J.D. Vance goes on to the Senate, he's one person out of 100. I'm one out of 435. It would take a, a collective of people to do something different. Secretaries of states or governor have much more power when it comes to state-run elections. Mm. What do you think, how, well, how are you going to get people to come together on this issue and be one nation? Because it just seems so divided at the moment. We, we look at that attack on Paul Pelosi um, only last week, and even still the reaction from that is so divided too within the parties. Well, I don't think it. Uh, I don't think it was divisive. I, I think most people condemn it wholeheartedly, and realize that the, uh, the again, there's some really unfortunate, mentally ill people mm. that roam about us every day, and every now and then, some they decide to take action in the craziest of ways, and you're trying to uh, process that in a sane mind within somebody doing things because they are insane. So you you need to focus on the fact that. Uh, we gave up on mental health uh, uh, hospitals and, and mental health as far as being an outpatient thing. And we left it to our prison systems for far too long. And now we're paying the price for having that occur. So we got all these folks wandering about us. It must annoy you then when you see people like Carrie Lake in Arizona and even Donald Donald Trump Jr. Um, make fun of an attack like that and almost spur on these conspiracy theories that, that are happening about different issues, including what happened to Paul Pelosi. Well, I, I think that they are uh, a very tiny amount of the populace. And uh, the, you know, most people, you, especially in this district and in this good state of Ohio, uh, all uh, condemn in the most uh, vehement terms that violence occurred on anyone, let alone Mr. Pelosi, who had no reason for anyone to, to strike him. And poor guy was just married to, to Nancy Pelosi. And no, nor should anybody ever strike uh, Speaker Pelosi. Mm. I mean, she's just doing her job. And we're all just doing our jobs. And it's time for people to get over the idea that violence is somehow going to change the way we do our work and start remembering that it's more important to get behind the candidates who are consistent in, in trying to make our country a better place instead of trying to tear it down. Donald Trump didn't back you during your primary did that change your race in any way this time round? Well, uh, 
the advantage I had was I had two primary opponents, but you know, I've consistently had primary opponents and I've consistently had general opponents. And I like to think of myself as porridge. I'm not too hot and not too cold. <laughs> you know, I'm just right uh, for the electorate around here because I grew up here. I mean, this is my home. I know the folks here and they're hardworking, honest, caring people who you know, want the politics to work. They want the, one of the biggest things I hear wherever I go is when are you all going to get along? When are you going to get things yeah. done? When are you going to stop all the fighting? And, you know, I hope I can point to my record to show that I've worked in a bipartisan manner. And one of my dearest friends in Congress is Richie Neal, my co-chair of the uh, uh, Friends of Ireland caucus mm -hmm. with it. And, and, you know, I, I have a lot of good friends on, on the other side. I mean, uh, uh, good people are good people and they transcend political parties. And I think people have to understand you have to look in people's hearts and minds to figure out where they're coming from more so than just a label. We, we had Congressman Richard Neal on the programme with us last week, actually. And as you know, like yourself, a great defender of the Good Friday Agreement. And he has placed himself within that Brexit narrative, especially in relation to his powerful position as chair of the Ways and Means Committee, too. So if Republicans do take the House during these elections, as ye are expected to, do you think there will be the same pressure from House Republicans on politicians across the Atlantic on Brexit negotiations and to maintain the working of the Good Friday Agreement too? Well, no matter who is in control of Congress, my goal as a friend is to ensure that the Good Friday Agreement remains intact, that all the communities on the island of Ireland are able to live together in peace and stability like they have for the last 25, 24, almost 25 years, and that people of Northern Ireland have a functioning representative government. And the good part about it is, uh, friends, as I'm sure Richie would tell you, is a bipartisan group. Mm. And we're all in support of the Good Friday Agreement. And that will not change no matter the outcome of the election. Uh, you know, I, I certainly support the decision of the British people to leave the European Union. But however, any threat to the Good Friday Agreement or actions that could lead to a hard border on the island of Ireland will be counterproductive to the goal of a trade deal between us and the UK. And more importantly, could jeopardize the hard-won peace in Northern Ireland. Of course, because we don't have a working Stormont Assembly at the moment and it looks like, well, at the time of this recording, elections will be called. How would you use your Republican power in the House as the majority to help influence and to change that? Well, you know, there's certain, if you have elections at the end of the day, somebody wins. I know we've challenged that here. <laughs> and you know, that's uh, something that Richie and I talked about when we were over uh, in May. The fact that it's tough to go back to people and tell them to understand, appreciate the fact that the elections occurred and to honor it by giving seating the people that have been duly elected by the people represent after the craziness that took place in our country. But still, no, I, I think if anything, the Good Friday Agreement has provided a symbol to the world on how negotiations will take place and people can move on with their lives and get to where they need to go. Uh, and enjoy their country and remember again that uh, we're all countrymen. Well, let's end on a positive note, Congressman Joyce. What are your hopes for the future of your party, the Republican Party, especially after these elections? Well, I'm hoping my uh, friend uh, Kevin McCarthy, the good Irishman he is, becomes a speaker. And as I've drilled into Kevin that it's time to get back to having committees meet and go through the different rules or bills that are out there and be able to have those disagreements or arguments and, and uh, debate all take place in committees and have people put in uh, 
their amendments and have them vote them up and down there, then move to the floor where if the amendment was already heard in committee, it can take place on the floor, have the amendments up and down and let people have buy-in. So we stop being Democrats versus Republicans who every time one takes the lead, uh, they pass a bunch of things that the other party will come in and then take those things all down. But start to get back to the, what we had under Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan, where there's a gentleman's agreement that you go into the day and, you know, uh, what the bill that comes out, comes out, we'll deal with it and, and move on. And nobody gets 100% of what they want except Mrs. Joyce. And so I think it's important to remember that uh, in every negotiation that there has to be some middle ground or some semblance that we start with and work our way out of there. And if you end up with 70 to 80% of, of what you were looking for, that's a good deal and that we should move on with that. My final question, because I know you're a busy man at the moment, because as soon as these midterm elections finish, it's straight on to the 2024 presidential election, whether we like it or not. I know it's only 2022. Who would you like to see? I think it started in, in 2021 20 already. Very Jackie. true, very true. <laughs> well, who would you like to see be the Republican nominee for president then? Uh, I don't, I Go think on. it should be somebody uh, who that can get back and, and work towards healing our country. And getting back to the idea that, uh, you know, Republican ideas and Republican policies are winning policies. The country will you know, think what you might have Donald Trump, but uh, but for unemployment, we were on fire prior to the pandemic. The economy was roaring. People were working. Uh, people had disposable income. The pandemic knocked us all back for a loop and created the short supply line issues and the other things that we have now. And certainly the uh, majority has taken on and, and given us uh, this excess spending that was just caused a lot of our inflation. So we need to reduce spending and get back to the policies that made America tick and, and get back our leadership role in the world. So uh, I'm looking forward to the debate among the, a lot of good friends who are talking about running. I look forward to listening to them and uh, going with them and the will of the people as to who our next candidate would be. I don't have one horse. Okay, well, fair enough. Listen, Congressman David Joyce, thank you so much for joining us on States of Mind. We really appreciate it. Jackie, it was my pleasure. Anytime.